Hey everybody, welcome to the Prepare to Protect podcast, the show that shares with you tips and tools on being prepared to protect yourself, your family, and the people you love. We will discuss everything you need to know to stay safe in today's world. And yes, we will be including some information on guns. This podcast, after produced by Parabellum Firearms and Indoor Range in Avon, Indiana, and hosted by Joe Selmer. Our guest today is someone who has built a highly successful business that is all about helping people with preparing to protect themselves and their family. I'm extremely excited to introduce to you Joe Selmer from Parabellum Firearms and Indoor Range. Joe, welcome to the podcast. You're going to be sitting on the other side of the mic on most of these podcasts, but today on this first one, I get to ask the questions and let you tell us a little bit about yourself. How does that sound to you? Sounds good. Let's let's do this, Bruce. We're excited to hear a little bit about Parabellum Farms and Indoor Range, but before we dive in, I want to dig a little bit into your past. What was your life like before you started Parabellum? Where did, where did you grow up, and what job did you have before you started this business? Um, I grew up on the west side of Indy in the Speedway area, went to Speedway High School, was always around guns. My dad had guns, but they were hunting and things like that. We didn't own any pistols. Um, I ended up going to Purdue, and after Purdue, worked for Rolls-Royce for 34 years and eventually retired from there. What did you do at Rolls? A variety of things. I started out as hourly, worked my way through college, and then after that, I did gas turbine design. I did plant engineering. I ended up, the last 11 years, managing the quality department for a skilled trades model shop. Interesting. How did that prepare you for uh, for this business? Well, one of the things about quality especially is it's very detail-oriented. And in running the business, it helps because obviously with federal paperwork and everything, we've got to be very detail-oriented. Um, so there was a lot, of, a lot of parallels at work that fit into here. Managing a department because I had a huge department with a huge budget, so... That helped fit into managing a business. So were there some things that made you go from being uh, in charge of a model shop to, to deciding to go into this firearms business? Was, was there some things that helped you decide that that's the direction you wanted to go in phase two of your life, if you will? Honestly, as a, when I was younger, I got my first federal firearms license when I was 21. I was shooting registered skeet, and I was selling stuff on the side to help pay for my habit. That's the way a lot of people get involved. It's it's supporting the habit by using by earning some income in that in that area. But what made you go full time? This this is an odd one because my wife actually worked for the local police department, and I had always told her that when I retired, I wanted to own a little gun shop, maybe do a little gunsmithing, something like that, something to give me something to do during the day. She called me up one day, and this was probably 2012, and said, everybody's coming in the range, or in, I'm sorry, into the police department, because they're scared they're going to lose their rights to get a gun permit, and none of them know how to shoot. Could we open a place that taught people how to shoot? I said, sure, we can look into it, let's see what it takes. So we did go visit some ranges over in the St. Louis area, talk to some people, and from there we just put together a business plan and went on about a two-and-a-half-year track 
to get the approval to put something in. And you ended up with that shop right there in Avon. Yeah. So for some people know exactly where you're located, what was that building before Parabellum Farms and Indoor Range took over? This was actually the Indianapolis Star West Bureau. Our classroom area used to be where the reporters sat. Our office area is where the editors on West Bureau sat. And then the showroom and the range area, it was basically a paper distribution center. has a bunch of overhead doors. And that's where the Indianapolis Star got delivered every day and then got split up to all the people that were doing the outlying counties and things like that on the rural routes. So people that know where the star came from didn't know where Parabellum is located. That parent name Parabellum, uh, where did you come up with that name? What, what does it mean? We were struggling to come up with a name, and actually, because my wife worked at the police department, and I've been involved in the merit board, we had a lot of police officer friends. They were kicking around one day and came back with the word parabellum. So, parabellum is actually Latin. Savis possum parabellum. And it means, if you wish for peace, prepare for war. Kind of like, speak softly but carry a big stick. And okay. that was a word, and still today, a lot of people look at you like, what does that mean? But more and more people are realizing... And it, it just stuck. It was, a, it was a good fit for our business. That idea of if you wish for peace, prepare for war, how does that go with some of what we're talking about today, and that's preparing to protect? Um, is, that, is that how Parabellum Farms is trying to make a dent in the world, is, is this idea of protection and preparing? That's exactly it. There's, first, you want people to be comfortable around firearms. But today, with the culture the way it's going, Safe and responsible gun ownership is becoming more and more important. Everywhere you go, you see opportunities for people to protect themselves. A lot of them don't make the news, but the world is just becoming a scarier and scarier place. And if you are prepared to protect, then you're going to feel more safe in that area. If you go into the bad areas or you get put in a bad situation. but also able to react to help other people who haven't yet got to the point that they're prepared to protect. That makes sense, the idea of being able to uh, basically have a choice and understand the culture. And you mentioned some of these things that don't make the news. Let's, let's piggyback off that for a while, because on the news, there's a whole bunch of bad stuff that seems to happen, and it always makes front page the, uh, the old, if it bleeds, it leads concept. Um, are, are there examples that you know of where where guns are used in a positive way? Because we just don't hear about that on the news. Absolutely. We've had two of them here in Indianapolis in the last couple years. Uh, one of them has made huge national news, and, and that was down at the Greenwood Park Mall where a man came in with a rifle and started shooting people, and a young man named Eli Dickin was able to neutralize the threat with only two people losing their lives one of them being the shooter. Um, the police and everybody that was involved in the investigation said, had Eli not been there and been a, do a good shot, that person would have killed 18 or more people before the police were able to respond. One of the things that you being able to respond to protect yourself that you need to realize 
is the police, when every second counts, the police are only minutes away. And it's not their fault because their charge is not to protect you from every known threat. They can't do it. They can't possibly be there. And Eli was able to neutralize the threat and save countless lives. Okay. You said there was a there was a second one. What was the second? There was a, a person who was actually, this is on 56th Street in the Brownsburg area. There's a cemetery. And still do not know the motive, but a man decided to execute a couple of people who were doing maintenance work in the cemetery. He killed the first person, but a concealed carry holder was driving by and actually got out and neutralized the threat before he was able to execute the second person. Wow. So that doesn't, those, those stories don't seem to make the news like some of the other shooting events. Is that, that something that you've experienced that you've you've seen that or is there a reason that you can think where that might might be the case or why that happens well the media a lot of times i mean the media sensationalizes things so obviously they put a lot of things out there where bad things happen there are more things more times where citizens are able to stop the threat prior to the bad things happening, that just never make the news. For one thing, like you said, uh, about, you know, if it bleeds, if you put a stop to it, there's not as much bleeding. So the media chooses not to focus on those stories a lot. I really wish they would. They, they focus more on negative stories, and the positive stories would really help people's attitudes and opinions. But... Um, for some reason, the media focuses more on when tragedy happens and not when good things happen. Now, you occasionally get a story like Eli's that did make national news, and it got a lot of negative spin. People on The View were talking about how he was in violation of the law because he shouldn't have had a gun and, and a variety of things like that. There was a okay. few years ago at a church in White Settlement, Texas, where a church security team was able to neutralize a threat with only two people dying. As compared to the other church shootings where many more people have been killed, that one made the national news. But so many of the stories where well-armed and trained people are not able, are, are able to stop a threat, don't make the news. Do you think some of these uh, wins where the use of a gun has helped to stop the threat would actually help your business succeed a little bit more if people realize that there is a way to prepare themselves and, and to be able to protect? Well, I've always thought that we needed to change the narrative a little bit and get to the point where people actually saw a lot of those positives because I do believe people would be less put off by the idea of carrying a gun if they saw a lot more of the positive results. Um, and again, we're not talking about just anybody carrying a gun. We want people to be trained to use that gun so that they can be safe with it and, and they can use it to protect people. But it wouldn't just help the business. It would help cultural and culture in general because you see so many of these shooters go into areas where they don't think they're going to be accosted. They think they can go in with impunity at least for a while. And, and if they were worried about 
somebody being there that could protect themselves, that had cut down on the number of uh, attempts at these shootings. I mean, a lot of times you see a lot of the mass shootings, almost all of them, happen in what are called gun-free zones. Those people go in there with the idea that I've got several minutes before the police get here. I can be made famous where without that gun-free zone, if they weren't sure who in there had a way to protect themselves, they'd be a whole lot less likely to go in and cause carnage. Now, you mentioned these gun-free zones. In Indiana here, we see these signs that say uh, no guns allowed. Is is that a is that a matter of law? As you mentioned, the, the ladies from The View saying that uh, uh, Eli was inside the mall and there was a sign posted that said no guns allowed. Is, is, that a, is that a law violation if he carries a gun in there? No. Now, what happens in a gun-free zone, there are gun-free zones like schools and things like that where it is against the law. And it's the responsibility of everyone to know if they're carrying a gun, where they're legally allowed to and where they're not legally allowed to. In the case of Eli, he was in a Simon Mall. And Simon Properties has a policy that they don't want guns in there. And they have that right. They can post those signs. And if they see you with a gun, they can ask you to leave. You're not violating any law. You're violating their policy. And if they ask you to leave, you need to comply. Or they can legally have you trespassed. But as far as violating a law, no, you're not violating a law. And if they call the police on you, or if somebody calls the police on you, for having a firearm there, the only way you'd ever be in trouble is if you were refusing to leave after being officially asked by a Simon Mall uh, associate. As I understand it, though, uh, that becomes a trespassing, and that's not even a, a gun violation in Indiana. That's just simply a, a, a trespassing misdemeanor, like a like a speeding ticket type situation. Is that Absolutely. correct? Absolutely. That's the worst that can happen. So being prepared to protect is an important part. When you started this business, are there some things that may have caused you some uh, trepidation or some worry about whether this type of business would actually work? That uh, Would you be able to survive? Would you be able to pull through? I know that uh, the country has faced some hard, the world has faced some hard times here recently, last couple of years. Are there some issues that you ran into that made, made you think this business just might not make it? No. Um it's funny because we do occasionally get negative people who will post something on our Facebook page or our Google business page about how we're profiting off of catastrophe and things like that. But those things are very minor. The biggest issues that we've had in the past have been, um, you don't know how laws are going to impact you. There's recently been a release by the ATF that I was talking to my ATF agent yesterday trying to make sure how we, um, how we respond to things because, and stay legal because that's the only thing we want to do is stay legal. But um, the other things that have happened in the past when the pandemic first hit, uh, we had a hard time getting ammunition. And that made it hard. We had to really struggle to, to find ammunition. And we ended up partnering with some other businesses um, to bring in ammunition from European NATO manufacturers. We were lucky enough that we were big enough that we could go do stuff like that, but you couldn't find ammunition anywhere here. Even some of the other ranges didn't have it, and we were lucky enough to be able to find it. So that caused us some, some grief and some problems, but we were able to work through it. 
is ammunition getting ammunition still a problem or is it coming back now to to where it's available it's a lot more available than it used to be um it is higher priced and that's going to remain i'm sure but it is available in most calibers there's a few of the oddball calibers and things like that that we can't find but not not totally you said that you partner with some of the other ranges in the in the area, uh, some of the other gun shops. Is there something in your mind that makes Parabellum stand out from from the competitors around you? If there's lots of different gun stores and gun ranges, what what makes Parabellum stand out? Why are you the go to range? Well, for one thing, most of the gun stores don't have ranges. We do. There are some other ranges in this area, but. Um, a gun store can't really compete because they can sell you a gun, but they can't make you prepared. The ranges, we've got the best training staff, I would guess, probably in the state. We have, as our senior instructor and our um, training coordinator, a gentleman who is retired from a long career in law enforcement in at an active department and is now teaching full-time at the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy. Prior to that, and he teaches, our, and you said he teaches there at Parabellum now. He so you've got one of the he, yes, he, one of the premier instructors. That's that's impressive. And we have had, I mean, we've had a variety of instructors come through here. Prior to Eric being our training instructor, we had a gentleman that was multi-time state champion in one of the competitive shooting sports. So we go after the best trainers. We make sure they are prepared better than anybody else. Uh, we don't stop at just getting somebody NRA certified or something. Our people go way beyond that. Uh, they have military backgrounds. They take a lot of courses from nationally known, nationally renowned um, train instructors and trainers. We believe that the thing that sets us apart is the quality of the training that you'll get here. And we strive to be the very best training you're possibly going to get in the state. That's that's good. So going forward, what plans do you have for Parabellum for the next year, three years, five years? How far down the road are you looking? Um, right now it's hard to say. We're looking to see how everything works with the economy because this is hurting people right now. We know that. Um, once the economy gets back on its feet, we'd like to expand. Uh, we are expanding our training right now. We've actually found an outdoor range where we can do training and that's not capable of being done indoors, and we're expanding our training in that direction. And if we get the opportunity, we're going to expand our indoor training also and our indoor facilities. Just sort of a fun question here. If you could recommend one book or one training for people to read out there to be better prepared to protect, what would it be and why? Well, I'm going to probably recommend to everybody there is a USCCA book. Uh, USCCA is the United States Concealed Carry Association. And we're affiliated with them just like we're affiliated with the NRA. But USCCA has a book for a class called Concealed Carry and Home Defense Fundamentals. And it does cover shooting, but you can't learn shooting from a book. You need a hands-on instructor to learn shooting. The thing that the CCHDF book provides 
is a lot of mentality that people that have not spent a lot of time, people that are just learning, don't think about. It talks about situational awareness, um, developing a home defense plan, things to look for to keep you out of trouble. The whole goal behind this is to have you prepared to protect, but a big part of being prepared to protect is to keep yourself out of bad situations, to keep yourself away from places where you need to use a firearm. We hope you never use a firearm in your entire life in anger or in protection, but we want you ready to do it. And the CCHDF book helps you prepare to stay out of trouble. It also talks about what happens if you have to use your firearm. What are the next steps? What do you do? Uh, how do you behave? Um, how do you get through that? Because it's going to be a traumatic experience. So that book itself offers a wealth of knowledge to people who haven't taken the time to think about it and learn it. It is like the best um, beginner's book to understand what self-protection is from a firearm standpoint. And do you have those books available? Are they available at your shop or on your on your website? Or how do you get a copy of that book? We do do. Is that something? Uh, we okay. have books available. We're selling books here. So, and we can get you a copy. We've actually got some of the first edition books available and a lot of the second edition books. So the first edition books are a little bit different, don't have quite as much stuff in them. But we can get you that. It's still got a lot of situational awareness things, what to do after the encounter, stuff like that. So we definitely, we do everything we can to try to provide you with everything you need to be able to protect yourself and your family. And you mentioned that's also a class. Is there, there a class that goes along with that as well? Yeah, the, we, there is a class that we offer. And we've changed it up a little bit from what uh, USCCA offers because we give you a couple of hours of firearms instruction with that class. Um, but we go through some of the book. We hit the highlights of the book, um, tell you where to find the information, and say we give you, we kind of specialize it a little bit because we'll talk a little bit about Indiana law there too because the um, USCCA course is a nationwide uh, course offered nationwide. We'll tailor it a little bit to our crowd because Indiana's got a couple of things going on that a lot, not every state has. We have a, they call it a castle doctrine. It's not quite, but we have very good laws on protecting yourself and your property. And we also have a constitutional carry, which means that you don't have to have a permit to carry if you meet all the legal requirements and are not a prohibited possessor. So we cover some of those things in our class. So our class goes above and beyond the book, but also um, there's areas of the book where there's more detail in the book than what we're gonna cover in class. We could make that book last, take a 16 to 20 hour class, and we cover it in a day. So I don't need to, to read the book for 16 hours. I could. I could sit in the class and gain a lot of uh, benefit, but then you said also get that hands-on, being able to actually fire a firearm and, and learn a little bit about how to hold it, how to aim it, how to shoot it safely so that I don't, I can start those steps to being prepared, and that's part of that 
part of that process? When we teach the class, there is a two-hour on-range session where we work with people to try to make them better shots. I mean, okay. safety is always our guarantee. Every time we go into a class, first thing we talk about is going to be gun safety. But when we're out on the range, we've got people out there that are extremely qualified trying to help you become a better shooter. So if people need help with personal protection or have any questions for you, or what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, for, for them to contact you? They could call here at the range, or probably the best way is to send us an email. You can go to our website, parabellumrange.com, and there's a contact form, or there's an email, admin at parabellumrange.com, where send us any questions and we will respond. And you mentioned you have a Facebook page as well, and you mentioned Google Business Profile. Um, do you respond to those as well? We do. Now, the admin pay, uh, the admin email has multiple people looking at it to make sure we get those. Uh, the Facebook page is a little bit different crowd looking at it. But as soon as we see a question come through on Facebook, we will respond. All right. Well, Joe, that's all I have. Is there anything you'd like to add that, that I didn't cover that uh, you want to share a little bit about Parabellum, about Parabellum firearms in the indoor range? About, by the way, I forgot to ask, how many lanes do you actually have there at the range? We have 14 lanes. So okay. we can accommodate okay. depending on, you know, in classes we typically, um, we'll typically run maybe 10 or 12 people at a time because we want to make sure they get a lot of individual attention. We don't want 14 people out there shooting at one time. We'll uh, typically double them up on a lane so that the instructors can make it around and give them more individual attention. But we can handle 14 shooters at once. That's good. That's a nice size range. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. And like I said, next time you're probably going to be sitting on the other side of this microphone and uh, asking the questions instead of having them ask of you. But uh, I wanted to take the moment, let people get to know you a little bit more about the range, about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Uh, for those of you that are listening, make sure you, you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a comment whether you're listening. That helps us keep the show better, make it better and better. And also, be sure to send Joe Selmer your questions about personal protection being prepared. Use that form there on his website, parabellumrange.com. And we'll see you next time on the Prepare to Protect podcast. You've been listening to Joe Selmer on the Prepare to Protect podcast. You can find out more about Parabellum Firearms and Indoor Range by visiting the website at preparetoprotectpodcast.com or the website parabellumrange.com. This podcast is produced by Parabellum Firearms and Indoor Range in Avon, Indiana and hosted by Joe Selmer.